I want to start with a hello to our listeners. Thank you for listening to Talk With Me. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, Sometimes I want to say way more, but I don't think you could enjoy it way more than I do. But I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. It's a great opportunity. It might include being introduced to some artists, advocates, people who are doing things that you didn't know were going on, writers who you hadn't read yet, lots of possibilities of of something new. And, And as people are talking, as my guests and I are talking about things that they are involved with and sort of how they got involved with it and stuff like that, there are always these things that I think of as life lessons that get kind of snuck in there just because it happens naturally, you know? I like that part a lot. I like the part a lot about hearing guests talk about things they do out in their communities because I think that is so important. Um, I think we know since November 9th, it's more important than maybe some of us realize to connect with people, to really be there as a voice. If I am a person of privilege, as I walk around in my white skin, which is my case, then I have that opportunity and responsibility to do some things, say some things, educate some people that somebody who is in a group that is not as safe as I am, um, I can I can do that instead and with. Not speak for somebody, but but remind people about things we need to know. I think that's so important. I'm such a huge advocate for art as a way of connecting people and communicating, and sometimes communicating things that are that are really hard. Um, I know one of the benefits for people who are exposed to art, and I can't say that without seeing that old photo of a flashing guy, you know, the the raincoat opening, um, that exposure to art. <laughs> People may not know what I'm talking about. But I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, you know, sometimes you you see a movie, you listen to a song, you go to a reading, you take the step that you hadn't taken before, you go to an art museum, whatever it is that you're doing, and you realize that it's bringing up some thoughts and feelings that you don't really talk about out loud. And there it is in that piece of art, in that performance, whatever it is. And it's really comforting to know you're not alone. I think that that's part of what what art does and sometimes challenges us to think about things that we haven't really thought about. Um, Sometimes we get by with our privilege, um, those of us who have more than others, and don't recognize um, how difficult things might be for other people. For example, this person who is the Secretary of Education complimenting the historically Black colleges as though they had a choice because people weren't getting education and then I don't think she gets it. I don't want to be those per- that pe- person who doesn't get it because I have not been listening. And I encourage that of listeners too. Anyway, as I say all this serious stuff that I started with, I want to remind you that you will always have fun listening to us with Cock With Me shows as well. There's always going to be laughter because as I say, without laughter, we explode and that's just not pretty. Anyway, today my guest is an artist, an artist of word, and I consider word art as art too. That's another one of my platforms. Don't forget the writers when you talk about art in your community. Um, An artist who will be here in the Kansas City area for this cool thing called the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown, organized in large part, um, I'm sure there are some other helpers, but mainly by Jason Reberg and Jameson Bales, who are both poets in the Kansas City area. Excited about what happens with the throwdown, because people come in from all over and get to be in the same spaces with each other and learn and benefit and buy books. Anyway, I'm going to stop blabbing and introduce my guest, who is Julio Montano, uh, Montavo, excuse me. I was trying so hard to say it right, and I have crummy handwriting. Um, Julio Montavo Valentin, coming to us um, from your home base of Buffalo, New York. Hey, how are you? Um, great, great. Thank you for having me here. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad to do it. I'm excited. I, I love the fact of the, the name of the poetry collective that you're in. That made me sure that I would like listening to you and talking with you. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an interesting story that came about with the uh, uh, Cringeworthy Poets 
uh, name. All we're right. all just sitting around. Uh, we're all just sitting down, getting just thinking about uh, how to workshop a poem together um, uh-huh. before any of any ideas of being a poet <laughs> came into mind. And we were just thinking, well, how, how can we call each other? Uh, oh, what can we call each other? Um, some of us said uh, Madcap. Uh, others said um, some normal good names. But um, I looked around the room and I saw that we all write some uh, some interesting, cringing, <laughs> cringeworthy stuff. And I uh-huh. said, wow, you know what? I mean, well, we're definitely cringeworthy. And it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great and and i can imagine that having different meanings in different parts of your writing yeah. career you know that that so many people will talk about how they started writing poetry and it might have been cringeworthy in a different way that <laughs> <laughs> oh uh the, the journey of the name itself has been pretty interesting the uh-huh. definition has, has been evolving um, as we progress as a, as a group, but um, <laughs> more than anything, we've, we've stuck to our our, uh, our intentions of just being a, a wholesome group that um, continues to promote poetry. Nice, nice. And you're in Buffalo, and I don't know how long you've been there, but how about just a little bit of background about you, just kind of that introduction of, of some of who you are. It can only be well, some of who you are. We're never summed up by a few words, but anyway. <laughs> Well, um, I moved here uh, to Buffalo, New York about eight years ago. I moved here buying a house uh, um, right out of the city, out of New York City, because <laughs> it's so expensive there. Uh-huh. And uh, well, as soon as we moved here, um, it, was, it's, it was very um, hard to get used to the slow, um, the patience that's required to live in the city. And here, uh, you're you're forced into really looking at things and appreciating things a whole lot more as, as opposed to being in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you're moving so fast, you never get any chance to admire anything. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what uh, would help my poetry blossom in a way, mm-hmm. because now I, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm actually observing my surroundings and not thinking about how to get to work in 45 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> But nice. um, yeah, I, I ever since uh, I moved here, um, I've been in school uh, planning to be a, a cultural anthropologist and uh, a professor someday, uh, mm-hmm. teaching creative writing with the um, cultural lens that you can um, learn through anthropology. Wonderful, wonderful. And what's what is your family background? Uh, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, I would I would consider myself a New Yorkian since uh, I grew up in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, my family were all Puerto Rican, and uh, we originally lived in Detroit. That's where I'm, that's where I was born. But yeah. um, I, I, something about New York City gravitates. <laughs> it, it brings all the Puerto Ricans out of the, out of the areas and and suck you right in. <laughs> Well, maybe not all of them. There may be a poet that you'll meet in, in Kansas City, Angel Ariel um, Perales, who's from Puerto Rico originally, but he's in Los Angeles. He's not in New York. There you go. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I it, it, uh, I um I ended up growing up in the in the Bronx in New York uh-huh. City, and uh, um, I think a lot of the experiences I've I, I've uh, acquired there. Uh, has definitely made me the person I am today, um, uh-huh. and it it shows in my writing. I write a lot about um, about those experiences, uh-huh. and uh, I hope that anyone who does meet me realize that the uh, I'm definitely I definitely have that New York City state of mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. It definitely shows, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a little bit about um, how I got here, yeah. uh, what I'm, what I am. Some of what you bring into your writing, and about when did you start writing? You said that it got I, a lot different when you moved to Buffalo and slowed down. But how long, you know, what age have you been writing since? Well, I I, I was writing in high school. I I was writing silly love poems, and I would sell poems, uh, acronym poems. Um, for a dollar to all my uh, classmates, ah. and yeah, it, 
any way they earned a little buck in between um, that and then running to the supermarket where I would bag groceries for for um, some extra cash. Uh-huh. Um, but after high school, that really died down after a couple of things. Um, and I forgot about poetry. Instead, I just uh, continued uh, trying to live life and trying to get through it until I got to uh, uh, meet Nathan, Nathaniel, or William Stolte. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, uh, Mistral Khan uh, Becerra. I met those two um, in a creative writing class at a local community college here in Buffalo. And ever since I met them, we um, continue to um, push each other to write poetry and to um, to challenge ourselves and maybe see things in a little different way or experience mm-hmm. new things that we can put on the page, uh-huh. all so that we can uh, become better writers um, with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, I'm not one to look up to idols. Um, it's never been my thing to look up to people that are far beyond me. Instead, uh-huh. I look around uh, the people, I look at the people around me in my generation that has helped foster my abilities as a, mm-hmm. as a writer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I, I have to say that when you, when you referred to your high school acronym poems, it, it connected me to something. And, and this, to me, is just that reminder of, of the power of poetry and the power of sharing it. Um, although, although you, you mentioned those a little bit disparagingly, um, I, I need to share that um, my mother-in-law wrote notes, including acronym poems to our sons as they were growing up. And it was one of those sweet things that it was one of the things that she did as part of her love for them. And when my son and his wife had their baby and the baby was a little sick at first and had to stay in the hospital for a week um, in the neonatal intensive care unit, my son Cassidy um, wrote this beautiful letter to his baby son and it was about the love and and the namesake that are my my grandson's middle name is Buck after Buck O'Neill, who was a Negro League um, baseball player, and and so the stories in this letter of you know Cassidy writing to his son Crosby about um, you know the love and things that he wants his son to know, I was able to share with my mother-in-law that you know it was those little pieces of writing that she had always sent to her grandsons that exposed my son to that idea and and this beautiful thing that he wrote for his baby. And so even though you were a high school student and those (laughs) acronym poems may have been little works at that point, you know, those and other things that you've done, no doubt have, have really encouraged other people to communicate some of their love and thoughts in different ways. And, and that's, that to me is kind of the magic and, and beauty of, of, of poetry and writing. So I just, I just had to throw that out there for people, you know, it's, it's a lovely thing to be inspired to do something. Indeed. To create something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I still have actually um, still have, two poems from, from in my high school days that are not necessarily mine, but written to me as, uh-huh. as, um, as tokens of good luck to me. And, uh-huh. uh, um, I, I, I always read back on them and they, they seem silly these days, but I, I cherish them because of the, the emotion, the trigger that, that in, that it caused inside uh-huh. me to, uh, want to keep writing um, yeah. over and over again. We all yeah. have our little our, our little things that'll keep us going and to keep us motivated. But uh-huh. those those two pieces uh, tend to be uh, my tokens of good luck. Lovely, lovely. I like that. What a, that 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 these these pieces of writing are some of the mementos. I'm I'm kind of a big I'm am a big fan of small things that connect me to experiences and people. I have a poem that I carry with me. Um, actually, I have two poems that I carry with me all the time. One um, was given to me by a very dear cousin who lives in Brooklyn. 
Um, and the other is by a poet in this area in Topeka, Kansas, Annette Billings. And it's this beautiful poem about basically keeping violence and hate out of your home. <laughs> it's lovely. And, and, I, and I like that, it's, you know, I could fold up this piece of paper. One of them is literally stuck in the case of my phone um, with my phone. And the other is in this pocket in my wallet that I, I always have with me. And, and, I, oh. and I, yeah. <laughs> I, love it. That, that, I, I keep track of my I keep track of my wallet not because of uh, any IDs or anything. I keep track of it because of the poem that's stuck inside the creek. Love that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So you, in your own writing, you were talking about how you know you you kind of let it go for a while, and then you mentioned that that you met these two other poets who obviously have become dear to you. What what kind of class were you guys taking that you ended up in? And uh, with them? we were taking a creative writing class okay. with uh, uh, a professor named uh, Bill Shu, who it, it, to this day um, keeps in touch with us. And uh, nice. um, it's really, <laughs> I'm really glad that we all met in his class because he kind of made poetry exciting again for us. Nice. He kind of made it okay to to express yourself. And a lot of the older classes um, that I've been to, it's, it's very stoic and it can be long and uh, yeah. um, disheartening sometimes yeah. to share too much of your own opinion. Uh-huh. But he, he made it clear that you can never be wrong with that. Um, as long as you're putting your, your heart on the page, it that is a poem in itself. That's lovely. Yeah. That makes a big difference being exposed to somebody who teaches you the love of poetry as opposed to it is this thing in this structure with this meaning. And if you don't get it, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. In in that particular class, there was two other ones, uh, two other um, uh, good friends of mine, um, who were also um, a part of the group, um, but um, for various reasons, reasons they had to um, go their way. But uh, to this day, we all are very connected, and we like to think of that class as the catalyst of, of the poetry that we do today. Uh, why we keep doing what we're doing, why we want to teach people how to write, and why we uh-huh. want to promote poetry, why we want to yell it and shout it. Uh-huh. Just, uh, just throw it at people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of throwing at people, I have to ask, so have you ever sent any poetry to Robert Hansen for Poems for All so that you be scattered? I'm actually um, finishing up a, 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 a collection of haikus that I want uh-huh. to send to him. Um, I, I found out about him, actually, pretty interesting story. I didn't know um, about him at the time we started our first poetry tour last summer. Uh-huh. And we started in New Jersey. And uh, we ran at a cafe, um, Espresso Joe's, if I'm not mistaken, um, and the host, Adimian Rucci, who's also going to be oh, yes. a Kansas City um, poetry throwdown. Oh, yes. he, he's Rucci an amazing guy, yeah. amazing guy. Uh, well, while we were waiting to uh, get ready to read, I saw these little books, these um, poems for all books, and mm-hmm. I was fascinated on how poetry doesn't um, doesn't pertain to its size. It, it, you can be small or big. But it's poetry and it's powerful no matter what it comes to, however it comes in. Mm-hmm. I read some of those books and, I, and after the tour and finally back at uh, Buffalo, um, I looked back at them and I reached out to him and I let him know that I didn't realize that he was on the other side of uh, near the West Coast. Right. And he said he didn't know how they showed up there in New Jersey. And I, all I said was, like, these are little seeds. I would love to um, send yes. some work in there and continue um, throwing these seeds out there, and hopefully poetry continues to blossom around. Yes, yes, yes. So that's definitely, that's definitely on my agenda to finish uh, and send out to him. 
That's wonderful. Oh, that makes me so happy. He's he's a wonderful person. And those books are so little teeny poetry books, folks. If you haven't seen this, just go Google Poems for All, uh, Richard Robert Hansen. And you can see a video about him making them. You can see these. And they're distributed free. And they're so lovely. I actually yeah. have a set of my favorites sitting right next to me where I am with my laptop and microphone to record the show. Oh, I love that. I'm glad you'll be published. I'll have to, to watch um, the websites, the, the Facebook to see oh, when you're there too. Yes. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> so all these connections across the country and more. That's that's part of also what's exciting for me uh, about poetry. It really is bringing people together in a big way. Yeah, I, th- that's, that's the interesting part. Yeah. I, uh, it's only... It's only been uh, since last summer when I met a lot of these poets on the road. Uh-huh. And one of the things that was very was very um, important to me uh, was that the fact that each member, each member of the poetry um, team um, in each city, everyone was so welcoming, was so eager to connect and and talk, and it's very uh, it's very warm warming to me that even in this day and age where, you know, we're having such a difficult time um, in the world, no matter where you are, uh-huh. you can connect to other people with just simply sharing a line or two of poetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's very cool. And speaking of a line or two of poetry, I would, I would love to have you share some of yours before we just get so caught up in conversation that we forget to have you let us hear some of your poetry. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I'd like to read, um, I'd like to read uh, a poem that is, uh, will, will be published later today. Um, and it will be called, uh, if you do miss the bus shuttle, you can call a taxi cab. (laughs) (laughs) On a Liberty cab ride to school, a speaker on NPR announced through the car stereo that a nearby galaxy just 39 light years away about the distance between us and humanity's compassion these days could have seven Earths. Seven whole freaking Earths. That's one for every mega corporation that can afford to go on government tax breaks and the souls that they've collected thus far. After all, only the affluent have the power of spare change for space travel and the pejorative sense of humanity anyway. So we can only hope that the belly of the machine that controls us goes hungry, if only to bring back the low-income souls. Maybe when it's all when it's all done, we can grease up our hands and rebuild again and again and again until change is inevitable and inherent, unlike health care and government cheese. We could do that. But until then, the well-to-do kings will be coming looking to plunge and plunder new lands like heaven, Valhalla, Cecilium, Midlon, any place unmingled, under the misconstrued, because dollar signs are easier to read and finger count for worse than protest signs for environmental protection and change. They already got Narnia. Yes, the CGI is amazing and the land is abundant there with resources, but none of that is for sale because it's trademarked. And already controlled by four white kids where the girls are constantly undermined by the boys trying to be heroes with anger issues in all the movies. Just like Hollywood likes it. The Liberty cab driver chuckles and says, finally we can leave since this world has gone to shit in less than a hundred days. I knew where he was going with this. So I didn't respond because it's all so scary for people like him and I now more than ever. Sometimes the silence keeps it away like I-C-E, like ice, like space. The two of us laugh once more and hit it off as an awkward taxicab confessional. 
But then I saw opportunity shining bright in the driver's eyes, in the reflection of the rearview mirror. Opportunity like a new start for his family filled with the new generation to rebuild. A new nation, a new society, and new rules that can fit the new times on a new earth with new air and new water after a new journey. He came here looking for a new life promised under the American Dream Act. He came here looking for that with his family. But quickly realized the only new here is the discount fast food, music, and products lining the aisles of Walmart. I looked again at his glistening, hopeful eyes. After all, only the cockroaches and the poor migrate and survive. I guess the prosperous can only survive so long as money is the key to keep us dreaming, as Kanye would say. At my destination, I pulled out a 20-plus tip and thanked the man for the ride and poem. He said, I'm grateful, sir. I hope we meet again in the stars. If not, call me and I'll take you there. That's beautiful. And, and to me, it's like, that is, that's why I love poetry and art forms that, so somebody sees you at the mic, they don't know quite what's gonna be coming. And then you share this poem with this this provocative to me um, title, in that you know if you do miss the bus shuttle, you can call a taxi cab, and of course, what methods of transportation we can access depends on economics and other things. So I'm mm -hmm. so I'm intrigued by the title, and then get pulled in and and relate to the fact that, yeah, I did hear that piece on NPR, you know, <laughs> just following the, this poem and, and not being bashed over the head with, um, you know, things that are obvious in terms of, you know, this is a hard time um, yeah. and not, not the same old phrases and making it so personal about you and this cab driver and, and the realities of this huge, privileged, rich, you know, mega corporations, as you say, the, the things that are going on. I mean, so much is in there in that poem for people to consider. And my hope is in a way that maybe they weren't necessarily expecting all of that, but mm -hmm. then they become open to hearing it and then have to think about it some. Like, what is that guy really saying? Is that really the way it is? And like it, 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 it you're, you're very, uh, you're, you're hitting it right on the nail. It's, it's exactly what I hope uh, mm -hmm. will will come out of this piece. Mm -hmm. um, this is a piece that I'll be publishing um, later today on uh, polaritypress.com. Um, uh, it's a press that I um, that I blog for, writing um, musings and uh, and pieces. Of, about how I view poetry and how it connects to certain things like nature and uh, toxic waste and how, what different ways you may see it. Mm -hmm. And this piece, I, I've actually had writer's block a little bit before mm -hmm. this. You know, mm -hmm. I might consider writer's block if you can't write for a few days. <laughs> That's writer's block to me. Okay. And uh, as soon as I missed the, the bus shuttle to go to school, I call the cab and this cab driver picks me up. And I'm waiting for this announcement last week uh, for NASA to reveal this big um, announcement. Mm -hmm. And he goes and, uh, and says, you know, I, if you're, since you're a poet, you want, if you're focused on getting through writer's block, why don't you just climb over it or walk around it? Mm -hmm. Isn't poetry like a, like a current of Consciousness isn't supposed to be something ridiculous as that. And he hit it right on the nail for me. And from there, the conversation, uh, as I said in the poem, ended up being <laughs> the poem. Uh -huh. Wonderful. Serendipity. That cab driver. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I still have his number. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
I, I, God, there's so much going on for me right now thinking about that poem and, and that, that again, that serendipity and, and then wondering this cab driver, what's this cab driver's life like in this time? Man, oh man, oh man. Um, and I'm going to say we do need to take a, a short break, so we're going to do that, and then we'll come back with more conversation and more poetry with Julio Montavo Valentin. Um, and during this break, we're going to hear from a couple of the Lawrence, Kansas businesses that sponsor LawrenceHeads.com. And I get to thank Daniel Smith, who is the producer of the show, who is mastering technology challenges. Yes, go Daniel. So people get to hear the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is more talk with me with Julio Montavo Valentin from Buffalo, New York. And I'm sitting in Lawrence, Kansas. And listeners, you could be literally anywhere. The joy of the internet connecting us. So in addition to the poetry that you just shared, I know that we want to make sure we get at least one more poem, if not more, during the second half. But also, I want to let you talk about some of your projects and, and things going on and coming up, because you've got a lot going on. Uh, yeah, uh, there is a lot. Um, no, it's only been close to a year since we started the uh, uh, BWP Press. Um, and we've been uh, trying to promote more poetry here in the Buffalo scene. Um, all the other cities I can think of, like Dallas or NYC, their their poetry scene is very known, very aware. Whereas here, um, before I got into the scene, I noticed that there was a bit of this disconnection. Um, you've had poetry here. It's just that people weren't looking at Buffalo as a poetry city. Uh, and it's only been throughout this time where we've been trying to bring in more poets into the city, hosting more events, hosting readings, and connecting with other poets and uh, continue to promote them as well. So uh, anytime anyone wants to look at poetry, all they have to do is either look up our name, a Cringeworthy Poets Collective, or the CWB Press, and uh, you can see all the stuff that we're doing. Um, Speaking of which, um, we are hosting, uh, we're bringing in Neil uh, Hilborn, cool. uh, a slam artist, uh, yeah. well known for his, his, his work, especially um, his uh, one uh, poem, OCD, that yes. had uh, well over millions of viewers on, on YouTube. We're, we're bringing him in here on uh, April 20th, um, and we are hoping that it'll just continue to blossom afterwards and bring in more readers and such. Um, we also have an upcoming project that we're putting together, which is uh, what I would call like a poet's theater. Um, we're connecting with uh, a, a playwright, also a poet named Justin Karcher, who will be um, helping us facilitate a space in the theater district here in Buffalo to have all of our uh, poets that we've published so far, which um, right now number 12. Um, That's great. Poets. Um, and we hope to have them all uh, there and perform their poetry as a way of just showing Buffalo that this is a uh, cringeworthy um, uh, Poets Collective and this is the, the CWP Press promoting their authors. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, we also host uh, a, a once a month uh, reading at Ground, uh, called Ground Sky at Rust Belt Books in Buffalo, New York. It's the first Thursday um, at seven to nine, and it's if even if you are uh, an amateur or a veteran in the poetry scene, doesn't matter. You can walk right in, and you will feel right at home. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a few other things, but um, there's also like uh, the podcast that we do, uh, which you can find on thinktwiceradio.com. Um, we uh, we are called the Cringers, and we present <laughs> the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All this stuff you can you can definitely find um, uh, in links uh, um, later on in the show that uh, I'll share. Yeah, and, and they will all be on the announcement of the show, um, yeah. and that'll include the when the 
podcast is on iTunes and Google Play Music. We get that description box so we can stick those links in there too. Very cool. You didn't mention that you're going to be in my area very yeah. close to the time very, that you have Neil Hillborn coming too. It's like, wow, you're going to do this thing and then you're going to do this thing and those are big things. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right after, yeah, right after the uh, Kansas City Throwdown and on April uh, 21st to uh, 23rd, uh, we have uh, Neil uh, Hillborn. So it's, yeah. it's just going to be an amazing week <laughs> and an amazing month yeah. of poetry. Yeah. And and for people who want to know more about the throwdown, I'd say the two easy ways are you can go to the Spartan Press website and their throwdown page, and you can go to Facebook for Kansas City Poetry Throwdown. And there's a lot of information about the different poets and a couple workshops and things going on um and so that will you be there for the whole three days friday through sunday yes yes cool. we will be and um i believe right now i'm scheduled to read on saturday and sunday cool. um yeah so i'm i'm, I'm excited you got george wallace you got ra washington you got yeah. john dorsey you have all these big names they're amazing um, I've had the pleasure to to uh, join, uh, well, have John Dorsey uh, uh-huh. with us uh, on our first poetry tour um, uh-huh. last summer. And this year, we are planning to reach out all the way to California. So um, if you, uh, if anyone is interested, keep uh, tabs on the Cringeworthy Poets Collective page on yeah. Facebook and uh um, see when we will be reading at a town near you. Um, we're also yeah. still we're still putting the information together, but um, we're just a bunch of poets who really just want to keep reading. You know, got a mic, uh, a space. We're we're gonna read. That's great. That's really great. Mm-hmm. And and you you know as you're going places and and Kansas City is gonna be another one of those examples where you get to connect with these people that you know their work you you know from online whatever you know mm-hmm. i mean bill gainer is to me one of those like wonderful legends and kind person you know who is all about nurturing other poets as well and he's he's wonderful and when i think about bill one of the one of the just i'm just planting the seed just in case you end up in these communities mm-hmm. uh, a few of the poets who i've met who are the next generation kind of mentored by Bill up in California for a period. Um, Todd Cirillo, who's in New Orleans, and um, he's and Matt Imat, who is in Portland, Oregon, um, are two of two of the poets who I've, I've had the the privilege, the fun of doing shows with. Um, and and so there are these people like all over who who are wanting to share and wanting to to connect and doing great stuff so so i hope that that kansas city experience will will nurture lots of connection strengthen that that web and you know get new buffalo folks connected people coming there and vice versa because it's so cool when that happens <laughs> yes, it, it, it really is amazing i i i just can't wait till um till the throwdown and the, the summer as well, just going out there yeah. and just and really like with uh, with Richard Hansen's little book, Homes uh, yeah. for All Books, just spread seeds all, all over, yes. you know, and especially in, in this day and age where we, we really need to be able to um, be a little more active in um, promoting positive images out there, especially yes. uh, just expressing ourselves is, is a positive thing. So, there we have poetry, and there we we need that kind of change going on, and we that will only that will only happen if we get on our legs and walk and do it. Yeah, and to make that happen, listeners, what can we do? We can buy the books. <laughs> you know, because I think people may not realize when you all are traveling to do these performances you're having to pay all your own expenses of everything mm-hmm. involved with that. And so my my mantra about buy the books includes 
buy as close to the source as you are able. When you go to readings, often, maybe almost always, they're free. There may be a tip jar. There will usually be books that you can buy. Buy the book from that writer. Have that writer sign that book. Enjoy that you have heard the writer in their own voice speaking some of these poems that you now have on the page and you get to to slowly nurture and and share and and reflect on at different times when different things are going on in your personal life and in the world you know buy the book from the author when you can at events if you can't buy it from the author can you buy it from the small press that published you know can you buy it that way if you can't buy it there do you have a local independent bookseller that you can buy from because those Local bookstores are often the hosts of so many literary events. You know, they're they're promoting community, they're promoting reading and writing, and and so support your local bookseller. You know, if you have to go to Amazon, the, my my old school definition is Amazon's kind of like an encyclopedia. I can get some basic information, and then I can know what I'm asking for when I contact my local bookstore. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I encourage people, again, to buy as locally as you can, but but including specifically, you know, writers who you're appreciating, don't just read their stuff online. Don't just look at YouTube videos of them doing readings. Spend some money on that. And, and my easy example is, man, I see so many people coming and going from these high-dollar coffee shops, you know? And so instead of buying a couple coffee drinks, buy a book of poetry. Maybe buy two copies of it because you love it so much that you're going to give it to somebody dear to you. You know, just do that. Think about how you spend your money. Think about that, you know. And and we want to spend money on things that really nurture our souls. And, and we want that money, I think, to go to people who are doing a lot of good with that money. And so shop local. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that was my promo. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, indeed, local is, I would have to say, one of the best things um, people can uh, go to in order to uh, really promote or to even just support your local artists and employees. Yeah. A lot of people think that poets uh, um, just, just happen to have the, the money and resources. A lot of us don't. It's right. a very sacrificial um, um, thing, and like I, I would like to think that our group um, really likes to think of poetry as like, well, in particular to the press, um, we like to think of it as our baby, and we just want to take good care of it. It's like mm-hmm. three men and a baby kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good movie, but it's just that's kind of how we see this. We all are contributing to it, and we're not in it for the profit. We're, we're in it to sustain it and to continue to um, promote it. Uh, yeah. Especially when you have um, budget cuts going around yeah. and um, the people have voices that need to be heard. Mm-hmm. More than ever, people have voices that need to be heard. And what better way to do that is than to support a local uh, bookstore that is um, hosting a monthly reading um, Go to the school. Schools are hosting readings as well all the time. Um, and, but you got your library system also that are also supporting readings. Mm-hmm. So please, please, people, check out um, just type poetry in your area. You're bound to find them. Yeah. And, and as we say that, I also want to say... I don't want us to be so restricted that we are only considering artists in our area. Really, what I think about is in addition to connecting locally and and being part of the community, things that are going on where you live, you know, also support those independent books publishers and bookstores, you know, that, that, you know, I, certainly not every book on my poetry bookshelf bookshelf is from a poet in the Kansas city, Lawrence, Topeka area. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, a big, a big chunk of them are from Epic rights press in uh, Alberta, Canada. Um, and, and there are different presses all over that are these small presses that are part of what again allows um, as, as you just said, allows those voices to be heard. 
So, so look for those, those small presses as well as what's going on right in your own community. And you're doing so much, gosh, you know, you mentioned the, the, the you've got writing coming out online and these performances and the press, you've got the podcast, you've got all this stuff going on. I, I also want to say, I would love to hear another one of your poems, Julio. Of course, of yes. course. As a matter of fact, I'd like to read uh, my poem that is in uh, Recession in Neverland um, that was um, put together by um, Tim Murray and uh, Chris Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, the poem is called, No Longer the Land Where Fairies Dwell. Sitting in the green-eyed horizon, the sun gives its last spotlight to Sade, enchanting her last rares and her Dave Matthews state of mind. Her phoenix feathers came from a couple of friends entrapped in thorns of debt and politics who hoped to detangle from their restraints in the next life. Her shimmering, elvish crown was taken from an ex who convinced her that growing up fast was a good thing, but she has to fly coach like the rest of us. Her magical wooden flute, crafted after being denied emergency food stamps at the welfare office, was inspired by the paint bucket drummer outside and the love potion. The love potions mistaken for lava lamp as she dug through yesterday's trash made her wonder why America has given up on such a precious commodity. However, it is no longer trendy to love as we run our lives on economic fear. We, like her, have lost the means to sing the best songs of glory within ourselves, resurrect Gaia from the footprint of our earthly suicidal tendencies, and be the rulers of this life and not the next. But this is the corner of Gray Street at the end of the world. And here, fairies must barter their dust and dreams for citizenship. Wow. And and this this poem is part of this book, which I am hoping to receive soon. I have ordered it um, from Paladin Knight Press. Folks, that's the small press that published Recession in Neverland. And it's it's 2D art and words, right? Yes. So can, yes. can you tell us a little bit about what the art piece is that goes with that poem? Yes. Um, the, there's images of, of, uh, of, of fairies, mm-hmm. but they're actually images of uh, food service uh, or service workers. Um, in in our nation, mm-hmm. and Tim Murray took uh, pictures of, of of each of these uh, um, individuals with wings, with fairies, and to kind of imply like they're they're being undermined in their in in their employment and in their situations, and uh, and the the connection here is that what can we derive out of these images? What mm-hmm. can we as poets do? And so my poem was in regards to an image where uh, a fairy was um, organizing her items on the, on the floor, on the side of the road. And there's a sign that says all items must go. And those four items were the phoenix feathers, the elvish crown, the magic flute, and the love potion. Some of the things that just, like in this day and age, is, <laughs> would have been um, priced a whole lot more than what it shows in the picture, which is like $5 or $12. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my inspiration uh, for the poem came from. Mm-hmm. Which also, uh, um, in this book, uh, many other poets, for the Kansas City throwdown are in are inside of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm so looking forward to taking this book and uh, just going and seeing uh, everyone and just admire everybody's work. As hopefully they'll read it there. Um, but please, people, uh, this is a really great book. Um, I'm really glad to have this uh, and be a part of this book, uh, Recession in Neverland. 
Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, and I'm as I said, I'm so eager to to get my copy. Um, I I didn't realize I didn't thought about how so many of those people, as you just mentioned, will be at the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown. I just knew that that gosh, there were a lot of poets who I talked to who have a poem included in this. And I thought, this is this amazing anthology. And as as poet um, <laughs> Jeanette Carasa taught me, it's ekphrastic poetry, right? Because it's got yeah. the pictures and the poems that have influenced each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean it, it essentially poems are, are snapshots of moments, right? Mm-hmm. It's us trying to bring something um, familiar to us um, that is something unfamiliar to somebody else and mm-hmm. hopefully make that connection to them. And mm-hmm. these images that come off of the page, um, whether it's photographs or words or it, it could be a painting, all the arts uh, tend to focus on that aspect of bringing something new in, or just bringing a connection that's something you might have otherwise overlooked. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And and I would love to have you also speak to sort of this this plan that you have with teaching writing with the the culture lens. Yeah, um actually um I'm hoping to focus on a um on a a couple of research projects that I have. Um one is that I want to show that uh Poetry is a great outlet of um, bridging cultures together, and mm-hmm. does and how it can bridge distance and how it can bridge um, visual um, cues that we may um, see as different from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it kind of stems back on like the idea of the of the recession of Neverland. How do you put words on an image, and how do you make that connection? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, I will actually <laughs> I, um, will um, try to promote that poetry is beyond just expression of self. It is the expression of life um, that um, pertains to all of us, and you can easily connect to it no matter what circumstance, no matter uh, what position in life you have. I like that so much. Yeah, I'm. I'm in my in my head i'm also thinking about the visual art poetry connection and a, a person here in my community who's um, a muralist and has led man and continues to lead many community mural projects across the world not just across the country his name is dave lowenstein and yes. one of the things that dave says is that a mural is visual poetry, you know, that that connection. And so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this next anthology that somebody does with murals and poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I have to agree with that. It's, it is, it's only in between it all that we can really connect to one another. And uh-huh. it's something I, 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 I truly care about and it's the reason why I'm in this it keeps me alive it keeps me going and it's the reason why I have to push it out there I want to read I want to share I want to connect uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and, and speaking on visual cues uh, something I didn't mention is that um, uh, cringeworthy press uh, cringeworthy um, collective uh, we are um, starting a YouTube uh, channel and we have a video of Nathaniel William Stokes, uh, uh, one, one of his poems are on there, uh, right. which is called Abattoir. Um, if anyone's interested, please check it out. It's a very, um, it's a very powerful poem that relates to the images you see inside. Um, so please check it out. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, and also we are soon uh, um, bringing, uh, we're also bringing out a couple of projects out of the Woodworks um, Often book. Um, the next book that should be coming out very soon in the next two weeks is um, Jin by Jennifer Skelton, our new member of the Cringeworthy Poets Collective. She is also reading at uh, the Kansas City uh, Throwdown. Um, and 
I'm telling you, if there's anyone you want to read, it's definitely her book. It, it is very powerful with images. It's, oh, it'll send it'll send uh, chills down your spine. Just how oh, powerful wow. her words are. So yeah. tell us her, the, the book name and her name again, please. Uh, her name is Jennifer Skelton, and the book's name is Jin. Um, you will find it on our website page um, very soon on cwp press.com. Um, you could also see some of the work um, that she has done. Um, she has um, published and um, put out there on Cringeworthy Poets Collective on Facebook, um, and also. Um, she is. Uh, she's been such a, 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 a an immense um, figure in our group. She connected with uh, uh, Neil Hillborn, and she's the ah. one that's really running um, that um, uh, running that event, and just all of us helping her together as a group. And that's part of why we love what we're doing, and that's why we're so strong together. <laughs> Wonderful. That's yeah. that's the thing about connectives. Collectives, yeah. excuse me. They could be connectives because they do connect. Yeah, it could be connective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're in the last couple of minutes of the show. I can't believe the hour has passed. And I want to give you the choice. Um, if you would like to share another poem of yours, I would be delighted to hear that. And I, and I Definitely would like to do that. Thank you. Um, okay. Just before that, I would like to um, just uh, shout out uh, to the Buffalo team, all you Buffalo poets. Uh, um, I owe you for, for all the progress I've made so far. Mm -hmm. And and all you uh, poets out there on the road that I've met or will meet very soon, um, just know that my heart is just waiting to meet you all. And um, I'm excited to exchange words with each and every one of you. And Lovely. also shout out to Cringeworthy Poets Collective. I love each and every one of uh, one of my friends. Above the poetry, above the writing, uh, we're all family. And yes. uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of it all. Um, my poem, the last poem I'm going to shout out with, it's a duty. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called Under Steve Buscemi's Eyes. Uh, there's a skateboard in... Um, in Syracuse, um, there's a, a restaurant in Syracuse where there's uh, skateboards all over. And there's this one skateboard with an image of uh, Steve Buscemi's face on it. And this is the poem. I'm at a bar where the only ones who wear a shade, not of choice, only speak when spoken to. So I listen and hear. I hear someone defiling Mr. Rogers' memory with conspiracy theories of his cardigan. I hear talks of political dilemma with hopes of washing white skin built away with locally sourced fear under snobs, noses like cut cocks, only cut cocks because the world is run by outdated Catholics and Christians who think like Republicans these days. I hear gamers stress over student debt and overbearing responsibility over being fear of a random brick system. I hear fifth step tears over beer flavored ice cream because temptation is freaking real. I hear repetitions of eyes and sarcastic yeses over roundabout conversations about delusional stories and more tongues, all in accents of privilege and clean shoes like LLB. After I got a phone call, a video phone call from my dad, he said, shave your face, cut your hair. We need to get a survival bag ready because if they came for the Muslims, they'll come for us too. The only thing I could do is say I'll be okay while standing in a bathroom hiding from friends from other side of the wall that I actually want to keep up, it's a restroom. He said, I love you. In a worried tone, as he hugged me with eyes as I'm halfway to New York City from Buffalo. All the meanwhile, here in a pub full of people who've made me feel different from my background, she tried to kill herself because she didn't want to go back to a life that was not of her choice. She almost died in JFK because we failed to protect her. They came from my neighbors. They came from my friends. They came from my potential. 
they'll come for you too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julio. Thank you. Such powerful poetry. And and then this joy of collecting and connecting and sharing and meeting. I I, I love the energy that you've brought to this show and the poems that you've shared. Um, Listeners, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that you'll listen again to more Talk With Me, all these wonderful people, including from the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown. Thanks, and so long.